the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. The Party of Child Abuse. Yep, that would be the Democrat Party. Did you know that the largest school district in Maryland saw a 582% increase in the number of students identifying as non-binary in the last two years, 582%. Montgomery County Public Schools collects this information by uh, by giving an intake form to students to fill out at the beginning of every school year. And the form asks students for their, quote, unidentified, I'm sorry, identified name, identified gender, and their preferred pronouns. You know these policies have been put in place by Democrats, and the indoctrination of kids has worked a gay conservative writer named Chad Felix Green put this up on Twitter. Uh, quote, my 12-year-old niece is currently going in and out of depression and anxiety because she thinks she might be asexual, but her friends are trans or bi. She feels left out and broken. She's 12 and panicking over which identity combination she's supposed to pick. Her friends make fun of the boring, straight, cis girls and she's afraid she's going to be rejected if she turns out not to be queer. Sis, there's something that makes you want to throw up. Anyway, the indoctrination has worked uh, to the point where 12-year-old girls can't, you know, just be girls. They have to sit around and think about what their sexual preferences are at 12. And the fact that the school district puts this insanity on official forms for them to fill out before they set foot in the school is a sign that the child abuse has been effective. And where did this start? And how did we get to the point that it's mainstream now? It's Democrats who have been pushing this for several years uh, now, and, and they're literally in the process of ruining the human race. And that's not an exaggeration if, if it keeps up. And as I've said many times before, words can't describe how glad I am to have grown up when I did. How can you not feel sorry for the kids who are at the mercy of the evil idiots who are running schools in 2022. Anyway, on a lighter note, when we come back, we're going to talk about comedians who are guilty of dereliction of duty. And in our second half hour, why underpopulation, underpopulation is a problem for our planet. Stick around. following is an editorial from Salem Media Group, the owner of this radio station. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager of The Answer WPGP here in Pittsburgh, with a quick word about Dr. Oz and his effort to become the next senator from Pennsylvania. Each election cycle provides voters with an opportunity to weigh in on the direction of the things in our nation. I'm concerned we're headed in the wrong direction. American families are struggling under decades-high inflation. Fuel prices at record highs, crime is surging, and we have a crisis at our southern border. We need some accountability in Washington, D.C., and that's part of what Dr. Oz can bring if he's successful. His opponent, John Fetterman, is among the most radical nominees on the ballot in any state this election cycle. Dr. Oz can be part of a new Senate while he votes for a stronger America, a renewal of law and order, and a secure border. I'm supporting Dr. Oz for Senate. Would you join me in doing so as well? Make your plans today and be prepared to vote. Thank you. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively for my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike's now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with promo code STAG. 
Don't miss out on these incredible offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for the radio-exclusive offer on all bed sheets. Do you know how much you're really paying for life insurance through work? I can almost guarantee you're overpaying for limited coverage. I'm Joel Clark, a select quote agent for over 20 years. My clients are shocked to learn how expensive life insurance at work really is because of a rate that's driven up by unhealthy people. Why pay more when you don't have to? For over 35 years, SelectQuote has helped people save 50% or more by shopping highly rated insurance carriers. I found a 40-year-old man with high blood pressure, a $500,000 policy for only $18 a month. Don't procrastinate. Workplace open enrollment will be here soon. Let SelectQuote save you money and get you the coverage you need to protect your family. For your free quote in just minutes, call 1-800-865-2266. That's 1-800-865-2266. 1-800-865-2266. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Full details on example policy and carrier ratings at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Price could vary by health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. So, have you been uh, looking at your bathroom and wondering why you haven't gotten it fixed and made it a better bathroom? Well... Now's the time to do it. Maybe you've been thinking about uh, the way the economy's going now and you uh, don't want to spend the money or you don't want to, you're just not ready to spend money on anything right now. Well, that, this is actually an excellent time to do something like this because of Bath R Us. Right now, you can have the bath of your dreams with Bath R Us. And if you schedule a free in home estimate, you'll get $1,000 off. Plus, you'll have 18 months, same as cash. That's right. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for 18 months. So you're, you're not going to be spending the, uh, the, uh, uh, money for 18 months. Update, uh, upgrade, uh, the bath of your dreams. And, uh, you can do that with Bath or Us. The bathroom experts from Bath or Us offer complete bath and shower remodeling services. And as we've been telling you, not an overlay. They tear it out and they replace it. They have walk-in tubs, replacement showers, tub-to-shower conversions. And again, these are not overlays. They tear it out and they replace it. And again, if you call today, 513-715-0778, you get $1,000 off if you do a free home in-home estimate plus 18 months, same as cash, zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for 18 months. That's uh, 513-715-0778. 513-715-0778. Go to bathrus.com. That's bath, the letter R, us.com for the bath of your dreams. AM 1250, The Answer. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Fresh from his big win on the debate stage, Dr. Oz joins us as his campaign surges to what will be a double-digit win in Pennsylvania. We talk with Dr. Oz about his closing kick and about his plans for a six-year stay as senator in the nation's capital on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt, tomorrow morning at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9, at AM 1250, The Answer. Well, there may have um, never been a president who's more of a comedian's dream than Joe Biden. And the late-night TV hosts consider themselves comedians, but they almost never mention him, much less, you know, make fun of him. Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com is out there in Hollywood with them, and he's been watching, and he joins us now. Christian, thanks for coming on again. Always good to have you. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, you write at The Hill, the thehill.com, the, that uh, not making fun of Biden is a dereliction of duty by comedians. <laughs> Has there ever been an easier target that's ignored to this degree than, than Joe Biden, do you think? I, I can't think of one, honestly. Um, it actually reminds me a little bit of how I don't think we've seen any SNL skit or even maybe even a joke about Hunter Biden. I mean, my gosh, he's gone through so many uh, colorful situations in the past. You think at the very least the first son would be a prime target for a uh, satire for comedy for something and we haven't seen that but obviously much more important when it comes to president biden because he's running the country and gosh barely a day goes by where he didn't have a gargantuan gaffe that makes you worried about his mental state and it's not just a gargantuan gaffe it's a it's a uh it's a ball teed up for anybody who has any sense of comedy 
almost to the point that it that it's so easy it's it's almost a cheap shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is the trap that comedians could fall into. It was almost like you know when when we had President Clinton, it was the Clinton is Randy, and you had a million different jokes about that. And after a while, it got pretty stale. I think you know the uh, President Bush is dumb; those jokes got stale in, in short order. So, but but we can't get there if they don't start, and they're not willing to start. And not you know, I watch how late night shows treated Clinton and uh, Trump. And that was that was to me the real turning point where they just stopped telling jokes about one candidate piled on the other and really just kind of planted their flags like we are going to be operatives, propagandists. We're not going to tell all the jokes we need to tell. And it's not really changed dramatically since then. Yeah. Uh, and Trump was an easy target, too. But but did he provide anywhere close to as much uh, comedic material uh, as uh, Biden has? I mean, you listen, Trump is over, over, you know, his ego is huge. He was very blustery. You can tell, you can, obviously, comedians are going to jump on that. That's perfectly fine. He's a president, mm-hmm. and you should. You should make fun of the president. It's a great American tradition. But when you have Biden coming into office and you just don't do much of anything, and there have been a few gags about, oh, his poll numbers are a little bit low, or, oh, he's so old, blah, blah, blah. But they're really toothless. I and mean, they're, they're not really digging into some of the issues that are in play here it's they see themselves as as a party operatives first and comedians a distant second it couldn't be more clear yeah of course trump has funny hair so you know, they, <laughs> they got a lot of mileage out of that maybe a, a few hundred miles more than they should have on that too yeah and orange skin oh my god that's so funny oh yeah really funny well uh, and by <laughs> the way just when they just i just thought of it I don't think there's ever been anything more overrated in the history of uh, network television than Alec Baldwin's imitation of Donald Trump. Uh, maybe you disagree. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it, it was angry. It was surly. It, I don't remember laughing at it. And you know, no. listen, Trump is is someone you could laugh at. He's a very colorful figure. You can yeah. you can make some great jokes about it. I've heard some great jokes, but not not recently and not often. But yeah, I, I, I'm so glad that's gone, just because it, it didn't really do anyone any favors. Now, um, is this the same mentality that I talk about a lot here that that um, that prevents news outlets uh, other than Fox from covering? You mentioned the Hunter Biden laptop story. Speaking of uh, comedy material, that it's um, it's it's that they uh, that they've lost sight of the fact that a good story is a good story. Just and they seem to have also lost sight of the fact that a good joke is a good joke. Yeah, I mean, I think this is all interrelated, uh, whether it's directly, you know, I don't think there's any sort of secret meetings behind the scenes, but I think the people making the comedy, the people creating the news, they, they're of a similar mindset. And it's narrative first and foremost. And I, I, I always think back on Tina Fey did a very good impression of Sarah Palin. It was funny. It was sharp. It was interesting. And yeah. you know, Sarah Palin was a figure that you could ridicule. I mean, she was, you know, had her quirks. And I think when they saw that that had a real impact on Sarah Palin's polling numbers, because when she first burst in the scene, she was pretty popular. She was, you know, kind of, if not beloved, popular in in Alaska for sure. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all of a sudden I can see, you know, I can see Russia from my house and all all the shtick that uh, Tina Fey was doing. I I think it impacted her politically, Sarah Palin. And I think that comedians saw that and said, oh, my gosh, what we do matters. And we should be very careful with who we mock and who we don't. Yeah, and that was very unfair, uh, and uh, uh, what they did at Sarah Palin. She never said she could see Russia from her house, by the way, but uh, if you asked, speaking of of how effective it was, if you were to ask uh, people back then if she said that, who said this, who said I can see Russia from from my house, they would say Sarah Palin. They they would not say (laughs) Tina Fey. They thought Sarah Palin said that. Never did, of course. Yeah, and and I think that might have even snuck into some news articles as well that would probably have to be true later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I talk about the, the fact that that in in I, I like the Hunter Biden story and some of these other things that don't get covered, that something happened. Uh, I don't know when when you could put a time, you know, when, when it when it actually did happen. But um, that uh, there would be when there were stories like the Hunter Biden's laptop story, the news director or the or the news producer uh, would be fighting off people in the newsroom who wanted to do, who were <laughs> insisting that they be the ones to do the story. That this is a great story, we got to do it. 
uh, that and that would be impossible for it not to get done because there were so many journalists in the building that it was just too ripe of a story to to get by them. And it's the same thing with the jokes. Uh, any good comedy writer should be shouldn't they be banging down on the door at the producer at the Tonight Show or or Colbert Show saying, "Hey, do you see what Biden said today? Let's do a bit on that." Yeah, you would think so, but it's not happening. You know, where I turn to comedy when I need something funny, something satirical, I go on Twitter. Uh, I follow a bunch of people I think are very humorous and have some really great asides. Uh, YouTube yeah. is also another platform where people can can do these kind of jokes. Uh, you know, um, as a comedian, Tyler Fisher does a, just a killer uh, Dr. Fauci impression, and he's very funny. Kyle Dunnigan, I believe that's his name, he does a great Joe Biden. And, you know, it's a shame you have to kind of go to these alternate sources. You have to go online. You have to dig them out to find them, but that's, it is there. There is a market for it. And I mean, listen, Gutfeld is the number one show on late night TV. Now it's about a year and a half old. Uh, it doesn't have a list stars. It doesn't have a huge budget. Um, you know, you hear Gutfeld talk behind the scenes that so many people avoid his show want to work on his show because they don't want to be near a right leaning platform. And yet look what they're doing. They're, they're shaming everyone else because half the country has nothing to see at late night. And now they do. Yeah, and could anybody, uh, do you think, have predicted that uh, Greg Gutfeld, a guy who was, um, I wouldn't call him even a major player at, at Fox, uh, maybe maybe mid-major player at Fox, could could anybody have predicted uh, the success that he's having in late night, do you think? I don't think so. And, you know, I think the funnier part, and not ha-ha funny, is that if I'm a, a Netflix program or NBC or someone else, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, they just showed me that a show can be very successful appealing to red state America. Maybe we'll make another one. Maybe we'll kind of say, I want some of that Gutfeld audience too, and we'll do it better. We'll have someone funnier than Gutfeld and we'll be, we'll pour more money into it and really make it a show. You're not saying that there's no whisper of that. That's not going to happen. It didn't, if it didn't happen now, it would never happen. And uh, again, I, it's, it's, it's an industry that cares more about the narrative than about dollars and cents. We're talking to Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com. You can find his piece at The Hill uh, about the, uh, well, comedy and the lack of it directed at Joe Biden. Um, yeah, I, uh, you, you mentioned um, Sarah Palin, and there, there's, there's uh, Kamala Harris out there um, <laughs> who, said, who said more dumb things than Sarah Palin ever thought about saying. Yeah, I mean, her words and out speeches are legendary. And again, yeah. that's not hard to write. You or I could go into SNL's writing room, bang out a couple of sketches, and oh, call yeah. it a night. You know, so what, these are professionals. They should be expert at this. And they won't go near her. They won't go near her. It's so obvious. You know, I thought about this the other day, too, not even politically speaking. You know, the whole woke mindset, all the kind of mania that's going on in the culture is so ripe for ridicule. And then there's Meghan Markle, who is so powerful, so yeah. rich, so famous, so uh, so everything you want in life. And she Annoying. treats herself like a victim. <laughs> yeah, that too. But she's a victim. <laughs> I mean, that alone you think would be wonderful fodder for a comedian. But listen, you have to go to the Babylon Bee. You have to go there to see great political mm-hmm. comedy. And it's not going to be on SNL. It's not going to be on Colbert's show. They, they just want to preach to the choir. It's all they want. And, and of course, Bab- Babylon B was deplatformed, kicked off of Twitter for being a little too funny. And, yeah, and, yeah, and, and not only that, uh, Christian, but yeah, but not not only that, but um, and I maybe that's I just thought of this now, but it it, it just it kind of speaks volumes that somebody at Twitter uh, can't even bring themselves to consider what Babylon B was saying uh, on a daily basis. They couldn't consider it satire. They they, they well, said, wait, this is <laughs> this is serious. They're wrong about that. That's not factual. They weren't able to even uh, allow themselves to look at it as satire. Well, I think the bigger problem is that I think that the big tech censors want to eliminate right of center humor because they know it can have a cultural impact, like Tina Fey, like Sarah Palin, like we talked about. So uh, Tyler Fisher has has faced some discrimination online for telling jokes about Dr. Fauci. Uh, there are other comedians who suffer as well. The Babylon Bee is un- under significant attack from Facebook, from fact checkers, you name it, because they don't they find that humor uncomfortable. Because sometimes humor reveals some truths that people don't want to share. And for that Especially reason, satire. right of center humorists are in trouble. Yep. Yeah, and and uh, I don't know about you, but I don't think there's anything on the internet funnier than Babylon B. And maybe that's because of the way I f- feel politically about things. But 
I mean, just as far as being creative and clever, there's nobody yet doing any better than that anywhere that I see. Yeah, they are they are really amazing. And if you go watch The Onion, which is what I grew up with uh, reading, yeah. which is a another it's Babylon. It was the Babylon Bee before the Babylon Bee came around. Yeah. And because it's very left of center, it, it's really toothless now. They can't they can't go to places that they should be mocking. They can't mock Biden that much. So they'll often just kind of pick on other GOP targets because that's what they want to attack. You think The Onion, you know, regardless of what you feel about. Democrats or Republicans would say, oh, my gosh, this Biden's a, a goldmine for humor. We, we're going to go right. for it. But I haven't checked yeah. it in months, but the last time I checked, it was all GOP stuff, very little Biden, very little Cameron Harris. It's just they don't want to go there because they're afraid that what they say, the jokes they tell, have a negative impact against their party. That's their that's their, their prime directive now. We're talking to Christian Toto of HollywoodInToto.com. So how much of this Christian... Uh, uh, is, is it just about them being in a bubble and uh, in Hollywood, I'm talking about the entertainment industry and just not e- maybe they're not even aware that they're missing out on the, the chance to, to be funny, that it just doesn't even occur to them, that they're so insulated from what's going on out there or so in denial of how absolutely ridiculous the people they like are right now. That's a great point. I think a part of this is not their fault because if you're on SNL, if you're you know a writer on Colbert, I don't think you're reading the New York Post or you know Daily Wire or the Federalist or a lot of these legitimate news sources that show the stories and the narratives that aren't being told elsewhere. So a lot of stuff does kind of fly under the radar. But pretty sure that John Fetterman uh, is someone that everyone is reading about, is learning about, is watching in real time. And, you know, uh, you know, part of me thinks it would be hard to make fun of him because he's had an illness. But if you are running for a political office and you're trying to say that you're, you're capable and smart and, and, and able to do the job, then I think you are, you do become fair game. Or maybe there's a way to kind of tell that story, tell those jokes, maybe even just mock the media for kind of pretending yep. that he is ready for the job. You know, I, you know, it's like with, it's like President Biden. I never make fun of an older person who may be suffering from dementia. But if he's presented to us as the leader of the free world and fully capable of, of you know, completing those duties, then what else can you say? He becomes an object uh, for satire. He's done it to himself. I think the minute he steps down, whenever that happens, I would never want to say anything cruel or untoward or, or satirically sharp against him ever again. It's not, it's not right. Yeah, and I uh, only have about a minute left here, but I'm old enough to remember uh, the early day, earliest days of uh, Saturday Night Live, and they had no problem at all making fun of Jimmy Carter, zero, who was a Democrat. Oh, and Bill, Cl- and Bill Clinton as well. There's a rich yeah. history on that show. Uh, Dukakis uh, was, was a target for humor. Yep. That's what they did. Those days are gone. It's, it's sad, but it's true. And I think it uh, maybe it's because uh, it's so evenly divided now that they're afraid to give anybody an edge. They don't want to give the other side an edge by pointing out anything wrong with their their guys. They're the people they root for. Yeah, and by the way, the you know Trevor Noah is stepping down. Samantha B was fired. Uh, there's talk at NBC they may kind of shake up the late night schedule and and dramatically change what the landscape looks like. This whole industry may be kind of convulsing in a way based on the fact that it's so far left and so unwilling to tell the jokes that should be told. Hey, Christian, I'm out of time. Uh, Great piece today at the Hill, and always good to have you on the show. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much. Okay, that's Christian Toto of HollywoodInToto.com. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The U.S. economy returned to growth in the third quarter. The Commerce Department estimates the gross domestic product grew at a 2.6% annual rate from July through September. That follows two quarters of contraction. Stronger exports and steady consumer spending backed by a healthy job market have helped restore growth. Nonetheless, the outlook for the economy has darkened. The Federal Reserve has aggressively raised interest rates to fight chronic inflation and is set to do so twice more before the end of the year. Chair Jerome Powell has warned that will bring pain in the form of higher unemployment and possibly a recession. Ben Thomas, Washington. Texas State Police Chief says a criminal investigation into the hesitant police response to the Valley School Massacre should be finished by the end of the year. Colonel Steve McGraw offered no indication that any officers would be facing charges. This is SRN News.
Our world is getting crazier. The stakes are always getting higher, and elections are right around the corner. Big days are ahead, but wouldn't it be nice to go back to the good old days? With Legacy Box, you can. Legacy Box transports you back to the glory days, so you can rewatch and experience your family's past. Simpler times, when the only thing that went TikTok was the clock. Legacy Box professionally digitizes your aging home movies, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos, updating them to digital files that can't fade or be lost. Legacy Box is the safest and easiest way to save your family's captured memories. Legacy Box has been trusted by over one million American families. So digitize your memories with Legacy Box. Grab some popcorn and gather the family to revisit the good old days. Plus, for a limited time, we're offering a special election sale. Go to LegacyBox.com/LBox to get an incredible deal. Buy today to take advantage of this limited offer. Go to LegacyBox.com/LBox. LegacyBox.com/LBox. Charlie Kirk says now is the time to get active. Now I don't want to get too cocky though. I don't want to get too excited. So we got to get out. We have to mobilize. This is by no means a sure thing. We've been talking about how there's a red wave and how independents are going to show up, and all that is true. We are within striking distance. But if we do not do our job over the next 15 days, that red wave will become a red ripple. The Charlie Kirk Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. My wife and I have been health nuts for 35, 40 years. I've always been, you know, literally biking, swimming, skiing, you know, yada, yada, yada. Always looking for something different. The day I took this stuff, that following morning, I woke up and I went, whoa. It was like the missing link. It was just fantastic. And we haven't stopped taking it since. My wife feels basically the same way. It's the single thing that uh, that changed us and convinced us that uh, this stuff is the best thing going. Oh, it's done a good job. I've got a lot more energy. I'm 78 years old, trying to stay alive, and I don't eat right. This helps me get better because I get a balanced diet, and that's very important. I love balance tonight. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping. And don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code BALANCE. Join Beth Andrews of Networth Advisors for the Networth Financial Hour. Saturdays at 7 a.m., 4 p.m., and 7 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 11. Get the news and information you need to help make your retirement dreams a reality. Don't miss the Networth Financial Hour with Beth Andrews, Saturdays at 7 a.m., 4 p.m., and 7 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 11. Firm offers insurance services. Networth Advisors, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh. W223CS, Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Parkway North outbound, there is an accident approaching Venture Street on outbound 28. Heavy delays from Route 8 up to RIDC Park. Outbound ramp to Fox Chapel Road shut down for access to Waterworks Drive and Freeport Road. Parkway East remaining stacked up outbound. Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale. Parkway West, Logo inbound. Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies. Expect a low of 34. Tomorrow, a blend of sun and clouds. A nice afternoon for outdoor activities. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 59. Tomorrow night, clear skies, the low 36. Saturday will be pleasant with plenty of sunshine. A beautiful start to the weekend, the high 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So uh, we've all been spending a lot of time dealing with and uh, and uh, talking about the cost of everything going up. But what if I um, if I told you that you're working a lot less to pay for just about everything than people were uh, paying uh, for in, back in 1960? What if I told you the planet Earth has an underpopulation problem? You might think I'm nuts. Uh, if that, that's why I invited Marion Tupi on the show. He's the uh, author of a book called uh, Super Abundance, the story of population growth, innovation, and human flourishing on an infinitely bountiful planet, and he joins us now. Hey, thanks for being here, Marion. I appreciate it. My 
My absolute pleasure. So uh, climate change uh, hysterics are running around the planet telling us that there are too many people uh, and we're going to use up all the resources. So how could it be that we have an underpopulation problem? Well, uh, every human being born into the world is not born just with an empty stomach, but also with a brain, a brain that is capable of creating new knowledge and coming up with uh, new treatments for cancer and new technologies that can clean up the planet. Um, So actually having more people in the world is beneficial to the world because of this new knowledge that more people can create. And um, just looking at one statistic can give you a sense of how all that is possible. In 1800, when Thomas Jefferson was president of the United States, um, there was only 1 billion people in the world. Today, there are 8 billion people. And yet the world is 12 times richer, adjusted for um, inflation. The United States is 24 times richer, adjusted for inflation. So clearly, over the last 200 years, we were able to add 7 billion people to the world. And yet we live longer. We have more money to spend, more leisure time. Um, we must be doing something right. So the, the, the 7 billion more people, we'll put it this way, the 8 billion people living on the planet now are a lot better off than the 1 billion were when it was a lot less crowded. Unquestionably. Uh, not only are we richer, uh, we have better diet, uh, we, we, have, we, we can consume more calories. The world is no longer beset by uh, famine. Famines had actually disappeared from the world outside of uh, war zones, we live longer, Um, you know, fewer children are dying younger. So we have created a lot of wealth uh, and a lot of new knowledge, Uh, but only human beings can create that knowledge. You know, uh, in every population, it is usually only a very small percentage of people who are going to create new knowledge, who are going to create new inventions and innovations. So in a population of 1 billion, uh, that's 5%. And in a population of 8 billion, that's 5%. Uh, but obviously, that's eight times more in the population of eight billion. Mm-hmm. So, what are the global time prices of resources? What does that mean? So, I think that part of the reason why so many people are gloomy is because we tend to sort of just count um, our resources. We look at uh, how many barrels of oil uh, we can extract. You know, we look at those known resource uh, uh, reserves. Uh, we look at, um, you know, how much more tin or copper we have in Earth that we know of. And uh, then we look at our consumption and we say, oh, my God, we are going to run out at some point. Um, but um, in reality, uh, that's not how you should look at scarcity or abundance. You should look at the prices. If the prices of something are declining, then you have more of it. If the prices of something are increasing, then you have less of it. And when we looked at prices of hundreds of commodities going back to 1850, what we found was that every 1% increase in population reduced prices relative to income by 1%, which means that our abundance is increasing at 5% a year. Um, So once again, uh, the the, the point is that prices uh, prices of commodities are declining. So that means we have more of it. Yeah, so and what you're saying is that and I read your piece, uh, and and uh, we're talking uh, to Marion Tupi. He's the author of Superabundance, the Story of Population, Growth, Innovation, and Human Flourishing on an Infinitely Bountiful Planet. Um, it, it, does, it comes down to how much work a person has to do in order to um, get a piece of meat. Is that, I mean, is that, I, that, that might be a, 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 uh, an oversimplification. No, that's a, that's a very good way of putting it. So what we are looking at are prices of food and uh, minerals and fuel and energy uh, relative to income, right? What we are looking at is how long do people have to work in order to earn something? And what we found is that over the last 150 years, uh, the, the amount of time that you need to buy something has fallen by 98%. 98%? By 98%, which means that Uh, The same amount of time that allowed you to buy, say, for example, one pound of chicken meat uh, now allows you to buy 36 pounds of chicken meat. Uh, The same amount of time that allowed you to buy one pound of beef now gets you eight pounds of beef. The same amount of time that uh, bought you uh, maybe uh, a pound of pork now gets you 26 pounds of pork. Uh, And I think that, you know, this is very surprising to people, uh, partly because, you know, we no longer teach history properly or economic history, let alone 
So people don't don't understand how horrible life was 200 years ago, how difficult it was, how how precious meat was. Recently, I was talking to a food historian, and she told me that until 1950s, people didn't even eat chickens all that much, even in the richest countries in the world, because if you ate a chicken, you would be killing the secondary source of food, which is eggs. So, you know, the fact that now you can buy a whole rotisserie chicken already made uh, in Costco for $5, uh, which is just what, uh, that's, that's one-third of minimum wage, um, which is now approaching $15 an hour, um, you know, that, that's incredible. We live in extremely rich times compared to our ancestors. Now, I know that things are not going terribly well. I know that a lot of Americans are disappointed by economic performance of our country. I realize that we could do better. But by historical standards, we are still extremely well off. So if, if um, as bad as things seem right now with prices going up, including for eggs and chicken and everything else at the supermarket, yeah. back back uh, in the, well, not, it's a 150 years ago, 125 years ago, uh, maybe somebody had to work a week to get enough money to buy a chicken? Something like that, yes. That, that, that would be the case. Meat was very seldom consumed, even in richest countries, precisely because of that. Um, but, you know, uh, the last two years have been obviously very difficult for all of us, partly because of COVID and partly because of the mismanagement of the monetary base. Mm-hmm. So we have this inflation and prices are increasing over, uh, over the amount that wages are increasing. But that's an historical anomaly. Usually what happens in America, or used to happen for the last 40 years or so, was that our wages were increasing by about 3%, and the inflation was about 2%. So every year we were getting about 1% richer. And that's the usual uh, standard, is that productivity increases and, and uh, wages increase at a faster pace than inflation. Unfortunately, um, our government and our Fed have mismanaged the economy, and now we have a higher inflation. But that's not because the world can produce more food at a cheap price. It's not because of some sort of an inherent limit on what the planet is able to produce and human beings are able to produce. It's because of political mismanagement. Nothing in our book should be understood um, as, you know, that, that, that we are saying everything has to work out. Of course it doesn't. Um, our government's stupid politicians that we elect could always mess it up for all of us. Um, and so uh, how much of those prices fallen... Uh, I mean, let's go back to in my lifetime, say when I was a kid in the 60s. Now, that's yes. that's a long time ago to a lot of people, but it isn't to me because I was living in it. But um, how much of those prices fallen since even that recently, if I can use that word? Well, I don't have the numbers for the United States in front of me. But what I can tell you is that since 1960, the global average, uh, the, the citizen, at the, at sort of the, 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 the notional average inhabitant of the world is eight times richer than what he or she was in 1960. So in, in, in the lifetime of somebody who is maybe 80 years old, no, 60, 68, 65 years old, he or she saw their living standards rise eightfold in the last 60 years or so, which is, which is incredible given that, historically speaking, living standards were completely stagnant. They haven't moved. Um, you know, your grandparents would have the same standard of living as your parents and as you and as your children. Uh, we lived in this weird sort of static equilibrium where nothing much has changed. And in the last 60 years alone, we were able to improve our living standards eightfold. When you say, is that worldwide, you say? That's worldwide. That's worldwide, yes. So the United States would be better if you, if you I mean, you're including a lot of not very uh, successful wealthy countries. No, no, that's true. But I'm also including countries which have grown at a very fast pace, much faster than the United States, such as China, especially mm-hmm. over the last 45 years or so. So this is the global average. And of course, the book contains all sorts of data for also for the United States. And what is crucial to understand is that we don't try to bump our readers by um, dealing with averages. We don't look at, uh, uh, you know, at, at, at uh, incomes which are skewed by rich people in the United States. We only look at prices from the perspective of a blue-collar worker, let's say somebody working in a car factory, or, uh, or, or, and even we look at unskilled laborers, people like janitors. In other words, we are looking at the people at the very bottom of the income strata, and we are looking at their standards of living. And we are not looking at yachts, we are not looking at Lamborghinis, we are looking at things that 
every ordinary person needs. Uh, potatoes, oranges, um, meat, uh, fish, um, energy, that sort of thing. Yeah, how many people had air conditioning in the 60s? Central air in their house. Uh, very few. I mean, today, even poor people had air conditioning. They have microwaves and cars and television sets. Um, so, um, so we are much better off. Yeah, I was thinking about this for some reason the other day. Um, that I, my, my parents were, my dad was middle class. He did fine. We had a, you know, we lived in a nice house in a nice, na- nice neighborhood. We never owned, the family never had more than one car. Yeah. And I don't, do you, then, do you, you'd be hard, you, it would be hard for you to find any family, and I would, that would mean a two person family that only has one car. In the well, United that's States. right. So p- today in the United States, people with one car are usually uh, quite poor people, rather than, you know, middle class, uh, usually yeah. you have two or more cars per family. That's true. And I, and I think that it is very important to emphasize that in spite of uh, the difficulties that our economy has encountered in the last few years, uh, the truth is that over the long run, the American experiment uh, has been quite a good one, uh, that we have really um, accomplished a lot and created a lot of wealth. And that's important to understand because I think that if people don't have an appreciation of what uh, uh, basically political and economic freedom have accomplished, this system of liberal democracy and free markets, what have they given us, they, then they might be you know, sour uh, yeah. They might think that they might think that a different type of socioeconomic arrangement is better for us. Uh, they may be tempted by all sorts of crazy ideas on both left and right. And what we are saying is, uh, you know, we have our problems, but uh, let's try to learn lessons over the la- from from the last 150, 170 years. Uh, let's try to distill from all that abundance that America has created the right lessons for the future. And I think that the past shows us also the way to the future. It shows us that when um, our economy is allowed to perform, when it is allowed to function, when it is not held back by overregulation and un- unnecessary laws and permits, uh, that American economy can, can actually function quite well. Uh, it's interesting, just uh, on, the, on the idea of the uh, number of cars in a family, uh, if here in Pittsburgh, if you go through the, some of the most uh, affluent neighborhoods, and the houses are big stone houses built in the 50s uh, and maybe early 60s, uh, or not big homes, uh, stone homes, but nice, good homes that probably sell for three fifty dollars to $400,000 right now, which is a good price here, uh, they have one-car garage. There's only, the, the, right. Everybody who lived there had one car. And then these right. were the richest right. people. Right, right. Isn't that amazing? Now, of course, we do also look at car prices in our book. Great. And uh, what we show is that relative to income, they have become cheaper. Not to mention uh, that they have become much better. They're much more fuel efficient, which means that to run them, you need less money. Uh, And they have all sorts of gizmos that uh, even our grandparents, well, even our parents couldn't imagine. I mean, the car is now more of a computer than anything else. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, uh, not to mention, not to mention our communication technology. You know, uh, my co-author of the book, Gail Pooley, he teaches at a university, and he always asks his students, um, "How much would it take? How much money would I have to pay you in order to for you to stop using your cell phone forever?" <laughs> and he he never gets an answer for less than five million dollars. So here in your pocket, you have this fantastic machine, which allows you to communicate with people across the world for free, essentially. Uh, remember when phone calls were so expensive? I do. Oh, a, a uh, long-distance call. You didn't, you didn't make a call because it costs money. Precisely. And, um, and also, it's a computer uh, that allows you access to the world's totality of knowledge. Um, it has more computing power than uh, even what Bill Clinton enjoyed on Air Force One. So, um, yeah, there, there are all of these interesting incremental changes that happen that we sort of don't even don't even. Re- but they, they accumulate, you know, uh, yeah. over time, um, um, like they compound over time until you get to a place where you can have a five million machine uh, in your in your pocket that costs you maybe six hundred dollars. Yeah, and uh, I mean, this is another issue, and uh, I would I think I could make a case for the smartphone being one of the worst things ever to happen to the human race for a lot of reasons. But that's that's. That's another subject. I, I, I wouldn't want to give mine up either, but boy, it's changed the world. Well, you know, you know, that's the thing about technology. 
technology, uh, just about any technology can be used for good and evil, right? Even, even a baseball bat can be used in order to, to hit a baseball or it can be to hit somebody over the head. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, 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 it's a complicated thing. But overall, my feeling is that more technological change, faster technological change, the more wealth we can generate, the better. Because you don't know what kind of a problem the world is going to face tomorrow or 10 years from now. Maybe we'll have another pathogen uh, that we don't have any control over because, you know, there is this, there is this evolution that goes on at microbial level where uh, microbes are trying to overcome our defenses and kill us. Um, and, and so when you have a very rich society that has a lot of money, can afford to pay thousands of smart people, smart doctors and, uh, and, and scientists using supercomputers, um, that, that, that to me uh, is a safer bet for humanity. Whatever problems come our way, uh, a richer society, more technologically advanced society can, can handle those problems better than a more primitive society. Hey, I'm out of time. I have 15 seconds, Marion. Uh, uh, who would you? Who needs to read your book the most? I think parents, okay. because parents are being told that bringing a child into the world is an act of selfishness, and that we are cancer upon the planet. That's not true. Every human being has value. A lot of your children are coming from universities and from high schools, being freaked out by the environmental apocalypse. To give them our book and let them see what the world is really like. Thank you very much, Mary. And the book is Superabundance, the story of population, growth, innovation, and human flourishing on an infinitely bountiful planet. We'll be right back. This is Molly Hemingway. In 2020, millions of Americans experienced the most troubling election of their lives, which is why I wrote the book Rigged, How Big Tech, the Media, and Democrats Seized Our Elections. I write about Mark Zuckerberg's efforts to take over election operations in key states and Mark Elias, the same shadowy lawyer behind the Russia collusion hoax who reshaped elections across the country to benefit Democrats. And I examine how the coronavirus was used to force election laws designed explicitly to help their party. Remember, the same media and political establishments that orchestrated the 2020 election had tried to delegitimize Trump's 2016 victory My book, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections, exposes the truth behind the players responsible for the 2020 power grab that destroyed the credibility of our political institutions and the press. Don't miss Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections, now in paperback wherever books are sold. The economy is tanking. Crime is soaring across Pennsylvania. John Fetterman's solution? He would double down on job-killing tax hikes. Fetterman supported the largest tax hike in Pennsylvania history. He backs higher federal taxes, too, making working-class families pay even more. And Fetterman wants even more wasteful spending, causing even higher inflation. Gas prices are rising again, retirement accounts are plummeting, and families are struggling to put food on the table. But Fetterman still supports the liberals' failed economic agenda. They're taking away what you worked so hard for with higher prices and higher taxes. Things would get worse with John Fetterman in Washington because there would be no one to stop them. So we have to stop Fetterman. He's wrong for PA. John Fetterman is reckless. He's a far-left fraud. Senate Leadership Fund paid for and is responsible for the content of this advertising. Not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. www.senateleadershipfund.org. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively for my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike's now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with promo code STAG. Don't miss out on these incredible offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-716-8087, use the promo code STAG, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for the radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. 
Dan owed an unbelievable amount of money to the IRS. I got behind on my taxes. It's a horrible feeling. He was in denial. And when I got those letters from the IRS, you wanted to act like they didn't exist. Finally, Dan turned to Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over $1 billion for their clients. Optima got me a settlement with the IRS. These people are really people-friendly. It was every bit of a new lease on life for me. The fast action and the great results made Dan's head spin. I felt like I was in a dream, but it's real, and I have paperwork to prove it. They got the job done, and life is good. For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. If you're worried about what's going to happen with the IRS, stop worrying. Make the call now. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, that's a good thing John Fetterman is around because, uh, at least it is for, for Joe Biden, because he's only the second uh, most idiotic, well, the most ch- cha- mentally challenged politician in, in America right now. Uh, I don't know where he was when he said this, but this is a quote from Joe Biden today. The most common price of gas in America is $3.39, down from $5 when I took office. Price of gas when Joe Biden took office was $2.39, uh, and so he said it was $5 when he took over. People just accept it. And one other thing here, I hope I have time. I got less than a minute, but I got I to gotta ask about this. Have you seen these pictures of the idiots uh, there's, there, who are um, gluing themselves to, to things? Like there's a there's a thing out here today. So there's a painting called "Girl with a Pearl Earring." I forget who the artist is. A couple of idiots threw tomato uh, soup on it, and one kid um, glued himself to it. And 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 people are standing there watching him do it. Isn't it legal to crush somebody when they're destroying public or private part property? Why isn't the, on this video somebody knocking these people down? Maybe knocking them out. How about that? I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Steckerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.